welcome to How They Get You, the podcast that looks at the intersection between identity politics and chocolate bars. <laughs> I'm here with my friend Faye. Faye, why don't you tell the nice people a little something about yourself? Hi, I'm Faye Crookshank and I'm a corporate husk and I've worked in marketing and advertising for far too long now. I feel like as these episodes progress, your self-descriptions are only going to get more and more derogatory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, more and more conscious of uh, the role I play, but it's an important role nonetheless. Anyway, my name is Laura Gilbert, <laughs> and I have written a really compelling quiz round on cola beverage taglines. So as I've said before, I really think we both bring something to the table. Usually this is the bit of the podcast where I'd ask Faye what she'd been tricked into buying this week, but we have no time for that because this is the Yorkie episode. We are too excited. Specifically, we're going to be really honing in on the It's Not For Girls campaign. Um, Faye, we've been wanting to do this for, can I say years? Is that an I think, I think about two years. This is the whole reason. Yorkie is the whole reason this podcast exists. This was the embryo of the podcast idea um so we're really excited and i think um we shied away from doing it for the first few episodes but now we're ready to rock and roll it's been just just stating in our little podcast womb for exactly. a, a really long time now um so to kind of tee us in we wanted to ask some men what they thought about the campaign because uh, the campaign very clearly states that's uh, that's what they're targeting so I went and I asked some guys and I just wanted to share their reactions. The question was, what did you think of the Yorkie's Not For Girls campaign when it came out? Well, I remember the advert coming out and I, uh, I thought it was pretty sexist, but then we didn't have social media then, so you couldn't check what everyone else thought. So I just thought, oh, that's probably just what they do then uh, it just doesn't seem all right to me but if everyone's all right with it then uh, i guess that's that and i did wonder whether any women who already bought yorkies would stop buying them but i have got no idea if that happened i guess i thought that it was stupid like i wouldn't have been particularly aware of sexism i guess as an 11 year old but I would have thought that it was stupid that a chocolate bar would willingly make itself unavailable to girls who obviously like chocolate as much as boys. I was about eight when Yorkie launched the Not For Girls campaign, and from what I remember, I did buy into the game of it. Um, I don't remember having to police any of my girl peers' chocolate consumption. But I think I did ask my mum for it more often after they uh, got my attention with talk of this bar to which I was exclusively masculinely entitled. Um, ironically, though, my only specific Yorkie-related memory is of, after a long period of temptation, debauchedly trying a pink Yorkie for girls. Um, sadly, it was past its best by date and quite unpleasant, so not a great experience. But I will note that before that bar, I was a straight eight-year-old. And then a few years later, I was gay. And I don't think we should overlook that correlation. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Faye, did you say that you knew someone or went out with someone who refused to yes. sell your two bars to so girls? Funny. So it's, I, I love the sort of 
importance of Yorkie in like our sort of pop culture and everyone's collective consciousness of people our sort of ages. And yeah, I knew a guy who said that he used to work in a shop when he was about 13, 14, when the campaign came out and refused to serve someone a Yorkie bar because that is exactly what happens in the advert. So this went deep and everyone we asked, as you heard on the voice notes, remembers it. So it was clearly a really big campaign at the time um, when we were 11, 12 and, um, and for people a bit older as well. Yeah, presumably uh, the many other people who were around in 2002. Yeah, those, those others. Well, did, as millennials, we do think we're the centre of the universe, don't we? So. Did you go out with the guy or was it just someone you knew? Uh, yeah, it's someone I was dating. Okay, I'm, I'm going to shame you for that. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> you're <laughs> you're cancelled. Let's move on. We had it to three episodes. Is it even legal? I don't think that's legal to refuse to sell a Yorkie bar. I'll, I'll have uh, well, to ask a lawyer. <laughs> I don't, I mean, he didn't refuse it, but he did a little jokey refusal. And then when the woman, I think the woman hadn't seen the advert or something. Oh. And, uh, she, and he was like, okay, swallow me up now. Well, yeah, he deserved that. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from Faye's terrible taste in men. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let us go back in history on a journey through time. We are going to the 70s. <gasps> what a time. What, what a time to be alive. Saturday Night Fever and other things. Real disco. Um, <laughs> the punk movement. Mm. Anyway, we're going back to the 70s and we're going to go to a man named Eric Nicoli. He is also the man behind the Lion Bar. I believe Hobnobs. And he went on to become chairman of EMI. So this Eric Nicoli guy, he's... A, <laughs> that was quite a... a, a- What's a great CV. A career change. It, uh, he's just a very impressive man. Anyway, so he is the guy behind Yorkie as well. Mm. I was listening to an interview with him and he was sort of talking about the thought process behind the Yorkie. They're saying, you know, in terms of the solid chocolate block market at this time, round trees didn't really have anything. Cadbury's had 80% of the market share. But as he says, Cadbury's is really, really good. Um, And they're talking about all the sort of research which is going on and this emerging insight that Cadbury's had decided to change its bar due to the escalating price of cocoa. But rather than making the bar shorter, they made it thinner. Mm. And this is a quote from him. Uh, It got to the point where consumers were not entirely satisfied with the product because skinny chocolate doesn't taste the same as thick chocolate even if it's the same chocolate. So they've got several chocolate bar concepts that are being considered, but eventually Round Trees goes with this chunklet, sorry, chunklet, chunky <laughs> chocolate bar. That's the triumphant one. And that bar's name, Yorkie. Ah. So it's launched in 1976. Eric Nicoli is 26. <laughs> so this guy mm-hmm. just really smashed his 20s. Yeah, anyway. he was 30 under 30, wasn't he? Quite so. I don't know what I was doing at 26. Having an existential crisis. Yeah, like we all were. Same thing I do every week. (laughs) But in this Guardian article, he talks about Roundtree's Yorkie going from like 0 to 45% of market share and Cadbury's falling from 80 to 35, but I'm a little bit citation needed here. So Cadbury's was the market leader and Yorkie came on the scene and just blew the game wide open. Basically, Mm. it just sounds like it was pretty successful. So how was this thick, great chocolate bar marketed? It was marketed as something really macho. 
um, I guess, compared to your effeminate Cadbury's Dairy Milk. Yeah. So they have adverts featuring the manliest man of all. This is the real archetype of masculinity. It is, of course, the trucker. Oh, my favorite. So, That's my type. Noted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Faye, I'm going to share a little advert with you, and I want oh, you to give I'm very it... excited for all this. So, I have Laura has been really close to this in terms of doing a lot of the research, and I haven't looked at some of these adverts some of them ever and some of them for a while so I'm just gonna click the little link in the chat oh wow I mean the sexual tension between this guy and that chocolate bar oh he takes a big jump he's really pleased with himself and all of a sudden like he's attracting the ladies he's giving them a wry smile I think he kind of looks like the lad who plays the incredible hulk so um <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the camaraderie between this chocolate bar and uh this quite quite understatedly sexy man. Oh, I think he was considered quite fit at the time. I yes. think so. Um so the kind of storyline I guess of the advert, how would you summarize it? A hot trucker mm. quote. Uh <laughs> going about his kind of normal day-to-day life. He's in his truck. He's clearly wanting a snack, so he reaches into his pocket and he's, well, no, he's eyeing up the Yorkie all through. He's clearly like, I know I've got this Yorkie in my car, in my truck, and I'm just going to go in there when the time is right and have a little bite. He takes a bite and then all of a sudden it's like he just gets this hit of testosterone and he's waving the sexy lady past in the car. And it's all very like, yeah, me, I'm the man, Yorkie. There's also a wonderful, there's a wonderful song yeah. that plays. It's a, it's kind of like a first person narrative song. Um, the structure of it really annoys me because <laughs> at some point they just give up on the rhyme scheme and like how it scans and stuff. But uh, it's been in my head all week. It's I love the line. Of, what was it? Um, good, rich and thick, a milk chocolate, chocolate brick. brick. <laughs> each <laughs> bite a chunky big and, mouthful. Yeah, it's like the sort of, vaguely or densely veiled like euphemism it's like rich chocolate it's something and thick and then it's milk chocolate and then it leaves a bit of a gap and it's like brick brick. (laughs) (laughs) um i also just love the line each bite a chunky big mouthful which just i feel like scans so badly yeah (laughs) but uh it's got it's got a whole vibe um in 1981 i believe this was parodied on not the nine o'clock news I'm going to say it was the bit called I like trucking or I love trucking. <laughs> well, let me just find it for you. Popped it in the chat for you to oh have a little gosh. watch. I haven't seen this. I'm excited. Okay. I hope you enjoy a very young Rowan Atkinson. Oh, wow. So it was really like zeitgeisty then. It was in the, the you know, public conscience. Yeah, I think we're going to queue up to a bit where um, they all take a little bite of the bar. Mm-hmm. Aha, got it. Okay, they're biting into some chocolate. Oh, and it really hurts their mouth. <laughs> That's very good. I mean, the Yorkie bar is a very chunky chocolate It is. Bar. I, so for research purposes for this episode, I went out to the shop next door to me and bought some Yorkies, which were really hard to find. And yeah, they actually, I put them in the fridge, which I know there's a big debate in terms of where you keep your chocolate, but never put a Yorkie in the fridge because it really was was quite painful. What? No, Faye, why would you do that? I know, I know. I, <laughs> I don't know what possessed me. Faye, God bless you, no. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the actual main Yorkie adverts. Here's another trucker. 
I hope you'll enjoy him. Okay, so you're going to show me another Yorkie advert from the time. Yeah, you tell me. You try and guess what time period this one's from. Okay, playing. Ooh, we're shifting gear. <laughs> Faye's having a really good time with this, uh, this is new song. Banging. Oh, and they always put the Yorkie in the pocket, which surely it would melt. But as we just... place to keep a chocolate bar. As we discussed before, Faye. Oh, wait, keep... the, y- the truck's on a boat. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> Oh, he nearly runs over some women on bikes and then waves to them sexily and they're like, hee hee, thanks for not running me over. Um, <laughs> women love that. Okay, I love it. I'm pretty sure like that feels a bit more 80s to me. Like it's a bit more like a bit more of a glam rock soundtrack, bit more fast paced. There's a lot of less of the sexual tension between him and the bar and more of the just woof, look how many automobiles we can cram into one episode. It's a bit pacier, isn't it? Yeah, pacey. Um, pacey and it- racy. We're no longer doing the kind of country western style. We're doing a bit more of a. It's really like sixty miles an hour. Trucks don't just go slow, baby. The other interesting thing is in both those adverts, you notice there's some interaction with women, and in both those interactions, they're sort of like I think they're giving women right of way, or you know, just basically trying to have some kind of positive exchange. Yeah, they're very passive. They're not like I'm trying to get with these women. They're just like. Hey, women. So I guess what struck me with these is there's like a note of chivalry there, which Mm. is, you know, it's a type of masculinity where you're like, you treat women good and you ride your truck. And that's, you know, what this is all about. Yeah. Which is going to contrast quite um, a bit (laughs) with the later (laughs) campaign. But I just wanted to float the idea of chivalry as like a part of masculinity in these early adverts. Definitely. This feels like a man who's, you know, very proud to be a man, but very comfortable with his sexuality. He's there in his truck. He's in control. And I love how the women are always sort of positioned, like literally below him, whether in their on their bikes or in their really low little small woman car. And he's like, cars. well, I'm up here in my big truck and you're down there, but I'm going to let you pass because that's the kind of guy I am. But he's not like trying to, you know, trying to come on to them. He's just like... I'm a man, they're a woman, we get each other, we're attracted, but that's as far as it goes. That's cool. I'm going to give you one last trucker advert. Okay, excited. Holy trinity of trucks. I think this is from the 90s. Okay. Again, I would like you to give me a little thumbs up when you're ready. Uh, I believe the tagline for this one is King of the Road. Oh, they've clearly got more budget. They've got a drone. (laughs) What? What's going on? (laughs) Uh, oh, high octane, car chase, the truck is in peril, but it's only mild peril. Oh, they're going through boxes. It's full Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> Yorkie, king of the road. Okay, so so what happens in that advert is he's gone from just being like, I'm a man who drives a truck and this is my job, to being like, action, action hero. hero. <laughs> I'm in Die Hard. Um, I'm driving my truck, just trying to, you know, bring the good people some Yorkie. And this, I don't know who this bloke is that's trying to, like, run his truck off the road in his tiny car. He's clearly an idiot. I um, think he shoots at him, doesn't he? Yeah, shooting at him. But, like, like with really, an umbrella? I just gotta... I think the Yorkie trucker is actually smuggling something and he's not. I'm like, why are the stakes that high? Why does he want his... <laughs> Maybe it's saying that Yorkie's so good that uh, you'd happily <laughs> risk your life to steal a truckload full of it. But, yeah, this really elevates the Yorkie trucker from, like, every man to sort of... Iconic Aspirational, man. iconic, macho action hero hunk with a chunk. 
of chocolate. I love it. Thanks. I wish they used that. <laughs> I, I'm just really getting hung up on the umbrella thing. Is that like a reference? Yeah. Does he get his umbrella out and then use it as a gun? Yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit Inspector Gadget, isn't it? I'm not... <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe, audience, I, what I presume you. is they wouldn't have wanted to show like a shoot up on, you know, on standard broadcast TV <laughs> before the watershed. So they had to use like a, a not a proxy, like I'm firing my long phallic umbrella <laughs> object at you. I don't know. It's very strange. But anyway, we're king of the roads. Unfortunately, there wasn't a song in that advert. But yeah, we... I think that's what let them down. <laughs> they spent all the budget set. on the like stunt man. <laughs> Not on the the production values and the the memorable parts, the music. Okay. So listeners, we'll link all of these in the, uh, you know, show notes description. Yeah, we absolutely will. (laughs) They're all available on YouTube. But yeah, what's your sort of um, main takeaway from that trio of trucker adverts? Okay. So my takeaway is um, this is a brand which is very well established in its positioning like I said it's for blokes it's very it's like very functional there's nothing sort of well it's functional and it's, it's basically a contrast to the ladies chocolate out there it's very clearly this is a chocolate for men whilst you're going around your manly day-to-day life be that your job or be that when you are saving the world so yeah I like it the Yorkie trucker is very much a thing. In the 1980s, Corgi toys make little toy Yorkie trucks, Mm. I guess for the boys who want to grow up to be Yorkie men. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So they had really consistent branding here. Often in advertising, we talk about, do you have iconic assets and do you use them well? An iconic asset is something which, out of context of an advert, you can recognise that as synonymous with the brand. So let's say the shape of the coke bottle or the mm-hmm. curve of the coke font like you know those logo quizzes you do pub quizzes brands with good iconic assets are ones you can instantly go okay take away everything else and that's coke and that's i think what that's what yorkie's doing pretty well here yeah it's quite interesting because um andrew harrison who's the nestle well a nestle roundtree marketing director during the it's not for girls campaign actually describes to trucker as an institution so even when they move away from it, there is recognition that it has this sort of power. I ended up on TruckNet UK forum. Oh, how was that? That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a trucker who was talking about receiving a Yorkie bar when he passed his HGV driving test in the 80s. No. And about how he gives virtual Yorkie bars to TruckNet members who pass their test. Um, he says it's like a traditional gift. Uh, he wrote to Nestle in 2012. Mm asking them to revive the truck angle of their advertising. and Oh, so I they s- had such strong linkage then. This is this is what people in marketing and advertising dream of, something which is so uh, ingrained in the brand, and the brand is so ingrained in that, that it almost doesn't need advertising anymore. And things like the truck association or whatever that was, giving them a Yorkie truck bar net. when you pass that truck net, giving them a Yorkie bar when they pass their test, marketing money can't buy. And it takes a long time to build a brand like that. I um, found a story from 2002 on the Commercial Motor Archive. Uh, This last week or two has been me just going down so many rabbit holes. Hmm. But the title of this, and it's about the It's Not For Girls campaign we're about to discuss. The title for the article was uh, Truck drivers are not, quote, man enough, end quote, to advertise Yorkie bars anymore. 
according to Swiss Chocolate Supremo's Nestle. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to quote from the article. After 26 years, Nestle is axing the good old truckle from its adverts to launch a new macho image, despite 99% of truck drivers being men. <laughs> um, I have considered the impact It's Not For Girls might have on women, but I have to say I never really thought too much about how it felt for truckers. So a moment of condolence for them losing this Okay, yeah. I mean, I never realised that truck drivers themselves held this as a, you know, a real, something that they were quite proud of, like a reflection of them in the media, um, something which they brought into their institution and used it as a something quite symbolic. And then all of a sudden, Yorkie's like, ah, they're not man enough anymore. I'm speaking of not truckers. Hmm. I'm going to send you an advert, I believe, from 1992. And... I found this advert very baffling, so okay. I would love to know your take on it. Okay, Rock Chunk Yorkie Bar advert, 1992. What is this? Uh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> okay, there's a man. Wow, there's a man with a bear. He's re- arm he's arm, there's a man arm wrestling a bear, eating a chocolate. Then a lady with breasts and only breasts. <laughs> No, she has other bits. Yeah, so from what I gather, it's like the story of Rock Chuck, who is a bloke, and Mm. he's arm wrestling a bear in some kind of cabin-y tavern, and then a woman walks in, and she's a woman with, um, you know, cartoonishly large breasts. She's a woman, in case she didn't realise everyone. (laughs) And then everyone kind of reacts to the woman's entrance, including Mm. the bear. Um, the bear. <laughs> and they all kind of go towards her but then the next scene she's sort of being suspended over Dangled some kind over of a cliff. like yeah it's like a gorge or a cliff or something yeah. i think then rock chunk saves her saves her and then and then he's has... like feelings for her and he's like playing an accordion yeah which is a very manly instrument they did some consumer research no. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he's got these trunks on that say marry me so the escalation from this advert of like man arm wrestling bear woman yeah. comes in with boobs she's in peril he saves her and then they're getting married wait did i think he says no at the end actually i think she might oh. reject his advances let's just have a little re-listen to that this feels like a big departure that i wasn't ready for this is interesting in that they almost went like naught to 60 in terms of okay truckers weren't manly enough so they went real hard after this caricature of like what's manly arm wrestling arm wrestling what bears lol (laughs) (laughs) tits (laughs) yeah um interestingly though what i would say is the chivalry angle is weirdly Mm. being continued here because the woman has been saved and then he's trying to woo her Mm. um using the accordion using the proposal (laughs) i wish men would play the accordion for me we we all wish men would play the accordion it's quite bizarre. I think we can agree it's continuing the trend of masculinity. Okay, so masculinity is going on a real journey <laughs> through Yorkie's um, Yorkie's ad roll, which is interesting as we uh, as we progress. But but yeah, they're clearly uh, maybe the crisis of masculinity in Yorkie's adverts reflects the crisis of the time. That's a that's a good point. Before we delve deeper into that, though, because we've got some. We got some juice. Tell me. Uh, I just thought we could have a little chat about chocolate advertising and gendered lines that chocolate yes. advertising sort of goes on. Okay, let's take, for example, the flake girl. 
Mm. Um, Faye, can you describe the flake girl to me? So flake girl, haven't seen a flake advert for a while, but she is very, as we say, caricature lady. It's very sensual. A beautiful lady. And what do beautiful ladies love doing? Putting things in their mouths. <laughs> they steal a little moment. They steal a little moment. So she's, I remember the flake lady being in the bath, which I always thought was a very impractical place to eat a flake because they just get all over you. So this lady eats her flake in the bath. Chocolate goes everywhere. She sort of mildly fillets it. <laughs> I'd say if we're talking about iconic assets here, if you talk about the iconic asset in the Yorkie adverts being the trucker and the, and the trucks and the vehicles, the iconic assets in Flake is that image of the chocolate like flaking onto your lips. It's that just, ooh, I can't get it all in my mouth. So yeah, yeah lady who is just really enjoying the pleasure of this chocolate. Yeah, so there's like many different manifestations mm. of this ad. Um, it, uh, ad guru... Mm-hmm. Dave Trot, as he's described in Stylist, mm-hmm. uh, said this. When we worked on the Cadbury's flake ads, the comparison was with an orgasm. So the young woman locks herself away or goes somewhere she won't be interrupted. Lush green field, the bath, ignoring a mm. phone call. Nothing is allowed to interrupt that delicious, orgasmic moment of self-indulgence. And it's- I see. It's a <laughs> metaphor. Yes. It's interesting, though, because when you watch those Yorkie adverts... There is no orgasm. No, there's no payoff, is there? He's just like, mm-mm, and he on, he, on he goes. Like, it's very um, sort of consistent satisfaction. Yeah, and they, I was reading this independent article about gendered food as well, and you have Jill McCall, who was the Cadbury brand manager for Coco, a product I've never heard of, but apparently was a thing. I think it was meant to be seen as kind of like an indulgent, uh, mm. feminine targeting chocolate. Uh, so she draws this line between chocolate, which is intended for self-indulgence, mm-hmm. and that which is uh, what she calls a hunger bar. Uh-huh. So uh, the examples they use are Boost or Double Decker. So, you know, uh-huh. they're just these ideas appealing to the desire to satisfy your hunger. And you can see this really clearly in the Snickers adverts, especially the ones where the strap line is, you're not you and you're hungry. So when we're advertising to ladies mm-hmm. where, you know, it's galaxy, you're in your pajamas, um, you're in the bath, it's flake, but this is your moment, your wonderful treat. It's the special moment that you have to yourself. Whereas men, it's like, all right, a bit peckish. Go on. Yeah. Then. <laughs> it's like, fellas, is it gay to enjoy chocolate? <laughs> um, there's this really great blog, um, especially about the Snickers. Sorry. It's a blog about the Snickers advert on gender food and culture by Nadine Mannering and I'm just going to quote her because she put it really nicely men's candy is about self-satisfaction with wild abandon with no second thought to denial or restraint Mm. for Snickers eaters chocolate is supposed to be about satiation the satisfaction of hunger and then she talks about this study that shows men are less likely to be concerned about you know how much snack food they're eating and more likely to respond to exposure to food advertising. And she says, Nadine Mannering says, this is possibly because advertising targeting men doesn't reference, quote, guilt, shame, or indulgence the way women's candy does. For men, the devouring of chocolate is not about indulging in a wicked treat, one so illicit that it can be compared to an extramarital affair. Mm. For advertisers targeting men, such as Mars Snickers bars, this perceived lack of restraint works in the brand's favour. That's it. That's so interesting. That's fascinating. Like, 
the Yorkie guy, he just eats his chocolate and it's really quite low key, just a little bite on with his day. He's a man is getting about his job. Whereas the women, yeah. it's this event, it's this elevation of like, I've been building up to having this chocolate bar all day. <laughs> I all week. This all is my week. single God. control <laughs> yourself, ladies. Once a week is plenty. Yeah, wow. So that's kind of a little look at the history of the Yorkie and a very quick look at how chocolate can be gendered, mm. even when you aren't being quite so explicit about it. But now we're going to really dive into the It's Not For Girls campaign. And the Yorkie really, we're all familiar with. The Yorkie we all know and know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was reading a data monitor case study about Yorkie and in it they said that uh, quote, by the late 1990s, the representation of masculinity consumers associated with Yorkie was thought to be outdated and brand sales began to fall. Uh, I think that's really interesting, this idea that masculinity can date, but they then decided to go for a very macho, very, very, very macho campaign in mm. its way. They doubled down. <laughs> they really doubled down. So it's 2002. Yes. There <laughs> hasn't been a Yorkie advert on tea for some time. As I mentioned before, according to Media Guardian, uh, the trucker hasn't been on the small screen for 10 years. Faye, do you want to tell us some stuff about 2002 and really set the scene for us? Yeah, so 2002, what a year. I mean, I'm a little bit older than you. So obviously I, I was just wondering, like, Laura, do you remember 2002? It was, God, I was looking back some, through some of the stuff and so much weird stuff just coalesced so needle scratch the year is 2002 so in pop culture christina aguilera released dirty uh camera phone came out in the uk britney britney spears and justin timberlake sadly split up continuing on a theme hearsay split up so it's a big uh you know uh seismic (laughs) shift one of the things which I was reading about 2002 that originally got me very excited. I thought that EastEnders ended their iconic Who Shot Phil Mitchell storyline in 2002, but it was 2001. So just in terms of all the things that were rocking the UK and my favourite thing that happened in 2002, which I think really takes us all back to the mindset we were in, is that it was the year that Churchill was voted the greatest Britain so uh, my conclusion is that 2002 was a big yikes, folks. <laughs> Churchill being, of course, the uh, archetypal bloke. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> the most macho man you can... Yeah. Um, he's, he's a problematic man, but I can mm. imagine that a lot of people would aspire to him as a kind of toxic masculine... Well, that's what Boris Johnson wants to be, isn't it? Exactly. And uh, as well as the pop culture that was going on at the time... I thought it was interesting, you know, we've just talked a bit about chocolate advertising. So have a little look at the chocolate advertising at the time when Yorkie Not For Girls was also coming on air. So we've talked about, yes, we talked about Flake and these sort of very gendered, polared adverts going through, well, the past few decades up until this point. Uh, And that continues. So, yes, uh, two of the big adverts that were on TV in 2002, as well as Not For Girls, One of them was Galaxy. So as we've talked, it's a lady centrally sauntering around getting ready to shag a chocolate bar. (laughs) And um, also, interestingly, Dawn French for Terry's Chocolate Orange. I think one of the best adverts with 
an, a literal assault on masculinity because it's not <laughs> Terry's, it's mine. And you're like, fuck, chocolates for whip, fuck. So I can see why male egos were just incredibly fragile at the time. A woman taking something that belongs to a man. Jesus. Imagine. Put her back in her box, lads. Um, and your key shall. <laughs> so the campaign for It's Not For Girls is launched 1st of April 2002, but it's no April Fools. It's going to be <laughs> kicking around for some time. So as we're kind of describing the different way the campaign plays out, we're probably going to be jumping around a bit dates-wise, so you know, bear with us. It wasn't just a one-shot thing. It kept on going. Mm. Uh, first, yeah, it did. we've got the slogan. It's not for girls. And then we have the new logo. The O of the Yorkie is turned into a a no-go sign. I don't drive. Is that what a no-go sign is, Faye? Oh, like a no-entry. Yes, with a it's, line through the middle. Yeah, it's got a kind of a red diagonal slashing through. Uh, what is it slashing through? It's slashing through the silhouette of a woman. So think kind of like uh, a very basic image you'd get on like a women's bathroom or something. Yeah, and a picture uh, Picture made it really clear. <laughs> so interestingly, so this logo then, the Not For Girls campaign, it wasn't just something that was on TV. It was on their packaging. It was, it yeah. was everywhere. We've also got billboards and magazine ads, and they're saying things like, don't feed the birds not available in pink and king size not queen size so uh there's a little dehumanization of women for you and some other you know stereotypes just kicking about and of course they have hmm. their tv ads Faye, i'm gonna give you a little compilation of tv ads for you to watch excellent at your leisure but i'm just gonna give you a little summary of them beforehand one of the ads is a woman trying different disguises in front of a mirror of different men she can play. One of them is the woman getting grilled by a shopkeeper. He's asking her lots of questions to prove that she's actually a bloke. Because, of course, hmm. she's disguised as a man to buy the Yorkie bar. Um, but he, he bests her because just as she's about to get that Yorkie, he says, the blue really goes with your eyes. And she, hmm. a woman, cannot... <laughs> <laughs> cannot ignore such a compliment and says really and he takes it away he sees through her disguise with his clever trickery and there's an advert which basically just rips off a bit from monty python's life of brian but enough of me talking about these adverts why don't you give them a little watch i will okay yeah so i'm having a little watch of the adverts um and this one the one where the woman is going into the shop and she's disguised uh, in a comedy fashion as a man. What's she wearing? She is wearing kind of like a moustache and um, stereotypical child drawer bloke. And this this is what blokes wear. Is she wearing um, like a hat or a helmet or something? Yeah, like a hard hat. And when I watch this ad, like in terms of marketing by numbers and some of the formulas that when we make adverts, we look at a few things that, determine what is very much objectively a good ad and I looked at this ad um having obviously remembered it quite well from from when I was 11 or 12 or so and I wanted to be like oh that was terrible but actually in terms of an objective 
like I say, marketing by numbers point of view, I do think it actually really holds up in terms of the execution and the strategy, as much as it pains me to say. So first of all, one thing we look at is the big idea of the advert. So the big idea effectively is that Yorkies are too thick and chunky to be suitable for women. And yet women will go to great lengths to try one. Fools. Yeah. The execution of that, I did think some of it is quite funny. It's simple. She's dressed up as a woman. The man is going through all of these. No, she's dressed up as a man. Sorry, she's dressed up as a man. All these stereotypical tests for the man to kind of understand whether she is truly a man. Um, the acting is good. Some of it makes you laugh. I quite liked the um, the line of what type of flowers are these? And she's like, oh, they're purple. The only part of the ad which I actually thought wasn't very funny at all was the bit that the bit that gives her away as a woman. So all the bits that are poking at these are stereotypes of men. They did evoke kind of a chuckle from me, but the bit that gives her away in terms of, oh, women, if you compliment their appearance, they'll just fawn all over. That was the only bit where I was like, ugh. So broadly, I thought decent advert, um, as annoying as I find that to, to admit. I think that's a really fundamental truth because basically what you're saying is you enjoyed the bits which poke fun at male stereotypes mm. and you don't like the bit that pokes fun at a female stereotype and you're a woman <laughs> so <laughs> that know. kind of makes sense mm. and I think this is one of the things with the um the Yorkie campaign they'll say that they're kind of making a joke a bit about you know both men and women but the reality is it always kind of fundamentally comes down to it's not for girls so at the end of the day it still is a campaign around excluding women you can kind of make fun of men but they still have the thing and women still don't have the thing at the end and that's why I guess the kind of idea of oh it's balanced but it's not really balanced is it Mm. because men always come up on top exactly ultimately jokes on the woman ha ha aren't men great yeah (laughs) um and the advert where it's a bunch of women disguised as men and the shopkeeper's like you know what do you want whatever and they go yorkie 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 they have their high pitch voice and they change to a low pitch voice i am just convinced is a ripoff of the life of brian scene with all the women at the stoning some people would call it an homage i don't feel very generous yeah i think that gives them a bit too much credit (laughs) witty reference to a popular 70s movie um i was just gonna say i think another thing that kind of stands up for the advert is it is memorable which i think just shows how much this is stuck in in popular consciousness so the whole piece in terms of how we evaluate things one of the vectors in which we evaluate ads on is does it catch attention and of all the adverts that were blasted out um we're shown so many pieces of adverts in our day-to-day lives for us to remember not just the not for girls but specifically this advert again i think is testament to that the execution was pretty good there is still though a question i want to return to the question one of our men at the beginning asked which is why would you purposely choose a campaign that tells about half your potential audience not to buy a chocolate bar? Because in 2002, we have a really interesting compare and contrast. When Yorkie's got its Not For Girls campaign, Mars Chocolate Bar is doing another campaign, but this time they're seeking to increase their women buyers. So how does Mars do this? Uh, They have a 
slightly slimmed down bar. I guess that's because women want less chocolate. Hmm. Um, I read somewhere that the uh, new gar was like extra whipped to make it extra light. And they have a new strap line. The strap line is pleasure you can't measure. Ooh. Ooh. How does that feed into our gendered chocolate from before? Exactly. It's saucy. It's saucy, pleasurable, an experience. So we have a spokesperson saying, the truth is that Mars bars are mainly eaten by 25 to 44 year old men. Three fifths of bars are eaten by men and only two fifths by women. The aim is to improve that disparity. So Mars really kind of staking out its intention Mm -hmm. to grow by getting more women consumers. Yes. At the same time, you have Andrew Harrison. You might remember him from before. Oh. He is the one who described the trucker as an institution the Nestle Roundtree marketing director. What he's saying, I was going to put on a bloke voice for this, but I... Do it. Commit. (laughs) We felt that we needed to take a stand for the British bloke and reclaim some things in life, starting with chocolate. Most men these days feel as if the world is changing around them and it's become less and less politically correct to have anything that is only for males. It used to be that men had some areas of their life that were just for them. That was okay. No one cared, and most people recognised that men needed places to be, in a simple sense, men. Yorkie felt that this is an important element of men's happiness and is starting the reclaiming process of making a particular chocolate just for men. We're not saying Yorkie is not for girls to be offensive, but to let the British male know that we are for him alone. Women Yorkie eaters can switch to Aero or Little Rolo if they like. Yorkie's feelings won't be hurt. And I just want to take a moment to appreciate how patronizing little Rolo is. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> we can't we can't even have like the full size Rolo. I'm sorry, my like bloke voice kind of switched between um Boris Johnson and then like Brian slightly Butterfield. Cockney and slightly <laughs> Brian Butterfield. That wasn't a very consistent accent I was doing. That's okay. You were trying to represent all men, I'm, which I'm every man. very easy to do in one character. I'm every man. It's all about I eat your key. <laughs> Here's a quote from Richard Allen. He's brand manager for Yorkie. And uh, he said, The central insight of Yorkie's relaunch came from research which suggested that men feel that there aren't many things that they can look at and say, That's for me. Not for girls was our response to this lack of products targeted directly at men. It plays upon the natural differences between men and women and injects a much-needed humour into the confectionery category. And I just want to say two things really quickly. <laughs> natural differences between men and women. Raised eyebrow from Laura. Mm. What does that mean? And some much-needed humour into the confectionery category. <laughs> it's oh. like everyone's just there. Like, Why is chocolate <laughs> so unfunny? Why is this such a tragic... <laughs> aisle of the supermarket just women weeping and orgasming everywhere yeah (laughs) everything is too sad or sexy i just want to be funny (laughs) where the bloody hell is the fun and i was reading elsewhere um a book looking at this yorkie case study and they're citing a research program among men which produces two insights uh one quote Society is moving towards regenderization, um, and I guess that kind of means people are into the idea between of the differences between men and women. 
you know, we've got more gender equality. I guess that kind of shifts the goalposts about where we are and we can make jokes about men being men. Uh, and the second insight, again, here's some quote marks. The rise of feminism has led to a decreased role for men today. Mm. The media are constantly reminding us of the increasing success of women in today's society. And where does that leave our men? I know. So, Will somebody please think of the men? So, Faye, what is going on? Why is there yeah. such an existential crisis here? Yeah, let's take a look at the 90s. So this this is a campaign that's all born from third wave feminism. So in the mid 90s, there is this broad conception that the gender inequalities between men and women, or at least in younger, so like girls and boys, was being much more eroded. So women were taking up more education, women were starting families later, the average age of a woman getting married uh, had risen from sort of around 20 to 25. Um, Women were joining the workforce more. In culture, this was all being reflected in things like the Spice Girls girl power movement in 1997. <laughs> yeah, my favourite. Um, when does Sex and the City come out, Faye? I actually don't know when Sex and the City came out. Women are using vibrators. Women don't even need penises anymore. You had Blair's Babes in 1997, which was essentially more female MPs in the House of Commons than ever before. Um, so there was this whole real sense that women were closing the gap, taking over these spaces that had historically been for men, quote, and just existing in them. And there was also a lot of pop culture, which was really starting to be in, in again, quote marks, men's faces about this. So Ladette culture, uh, if you think back to the likes of Zoe Ball, Sarah Cox, um, Denise Van Alten on things like The Big Breakfast, you know, falling out of bars, showing that they could drink pints, being big, loud, proud party girls. And again, not apologising for it. So this sort of the idea that women were um, encroaching on men's spaces and they were proud about it. They were liberated. They could behave just like just like blokes and completely flipped the woman at home, man down the pub stereotype on its head. So the Yorkie campaign, I'd say, was very much born out of this. And this whole piece about, you know, equality with, with, with women, somewhat of a fallacy because society hated this. The Daily Mail hated this. The, you know, they latched on to all of these pictures of women, these slogans like girls gone wild, girls gone too far. It all came, I think, from a place of male insecurity. So I think what Yorkie, what Yorkie were doing here is just is reacting to something going on in society and going, hey, let's reclaim this space for men. And something else that you were talking about was this interesting thing that Mars were doing, where they were trying to appeal more to women at the same time. Yeah, and you would think that of the two strategies, Mars's decision to get more consumers makes more sense than... Yorkie's decision to try to narrow na- like focus on mm. half the population and specifically say things that could alienate the other half yeah so let's talk a little bit about about branding and what can make a brand grow so there's this there's this classic like marketing theorist called Byron Sharp and 
most people who work in marketing nowadays know Byron Sharp's theories. It's all about the the now I'd say quite widely accepted view that um, rather than trying to like segment and go really niche targeted and trying to get a small amount of people to be loyal, Byron Sharp says, actually, the way to grow brands is to be as universal as possible, reach as many people as possible, because brand loyalty is essentially a myth. And it's much easier to grow a brand if you get loads of people to buy you once versus a few people to buy you loads of times, especially when you get a category like chocolate. Again, very commoditized, very low loyalty in that. So really, it's all about having a broad appeal, shouting the loudest and being the most present in in people's heads. Like Yorkie will know this. And I'm sure in this campaign, um, what they were trying to do with Not For Girls was not just not make women buy it. If they were simply trying to not make women buy it, they wouldn't have put the advert on TV, you know, a mass medium. They uh, would have perhaps kept the advert very niche targeted. On condom Um, packets. Condom packets, yeah, things that only men buy. (laughs) But instead, you know, even in the the central idea of that advert, yes, it's that Yorkie is is big and chunky but actually the main drama of the idea is all around the lengths that women will get to to disguise themselves as a a man to to be able to benefit from this amazing chunky forbidden chocolate so whilst they're you know literally on the face of it saying we're excluding women I do think a big part of what they were trying to do was was to bring in both both sexes both genders it's an interesting one Mm. And I'm going to talk to you about some of the market research that went on behind this campaign. But yeah, the campaign itself and the fact that we have our pal Andrew literally on the record being like, blokes, 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 women can eat little Rolo. Ha 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 ha. It's interesting because very much on the surface, they are just saying, we want men to buy our product. However, here is a little quote from datamonitor.com's case study of Yorkie and they're talking about uh, some of the research that goes on that went on about the campaign and it was research that was done by a qualitative research company uh, the nursery and they're testing adverts against men and women so here's the quote according to the nursery men and women reacted similarly to the adverts laughing out loud at first and then declaring fierce disapproval about such a sexist positioning when questioned men however relaxed their stance in the company of other men and approved of the idea that men should have a dedicated grasp on the traditionally feminine chocolate sector. While some women were unhappy at the idea to begin with, overall they approved of such a resourceful female character working so hard to get the Yorkie. Mm. It's interesting. I find the interesting thing, the idea of them both being like, they're both delicate sexes, both those sort of target groups. But yeah, the report also talks about when they're when it comes to TV scheduling, they're placing ads and breaks for shows popular with men, like football matches, but also those popular with women, so Sex in the City, for right. example. And at one point in the campaign, we have ads being placed in both men's and women's washrooms. So as you say, it is a campaign which they want everyone to see, mm. even as they really specifically tell quite a large proportion of the audience this isn't for you yeah in some sort of clever reverse psychology right interesting in it hmm. which leads to another point because 
while some women possibly were uh, charmed by the efforts of the woman in the advert, obviously lots of women weren't. A lot of women and men thought this is a sexist advert. So it seems like we need to consider the idea of how controversy can be used in advertising. People talked about this campaign. Um, There's a piece from Media Guardian. It's called Chocolate Chip Off Blokey Block or something like that. I don't remember. Chocolate Chip Off the Old Bloke. (laughs) Yeah, I think that was it. Um, Pay that sub-editor a lot of (laughs) pounds. There were very many. Um, It's written by Julia Day and it's part of their um, Banana Skin series. So Media Guardian had Top Banana and Banana Skin, which was a way of saluting... Uh, our heroes and villains, those people are companies that have impressed or distressed us with their media performance. So this particular week, they were looking at Yorkie, and Julia uh, writes this. Uh, Unfortunately for Steve Bradley, senior account director at Nestle's PR company Hill & Knowlton, feelings have already been hurt. He might be forgiven for wondering if the TV campaign's launch date of April 1st is a joke on him. Oh, Uh, In the line of duty, Mr. Bradley has been sending journalists a list of 10 things girls can't do, such as make a decision, open a can unaided, and understand cricket, in a bid to garner some positive PR for the relaunch. The ploy might have worked, were a hefty proportion of the hacks not women. Bring back the Yorkie trucker, all is forgiven. (laughs) Just reading that, I was so annoyed. I was like, Mm. this is so... It's like offensive, but in just like such a ner 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 way. <laughs> like, oh yeah, women, they can't make a decision, right? But obviously that was the intention. They say, oh, it might have worked well if it wasn't that so many of the hacks were women. But I think they're trying to get a reaction out of women. There yeah. were articles about the campaign in like non-trade periodicals. Um, there's like a York Press article titled, You Can't Bar Us From Our Yorkies say girls and there's a really interesting amount of like coverage around some of their giveaways so in april 2002 there's this incident where yorkie are handing out free bars to men but not women in liverpool a council worker makes a complaint about sexism and then you have this from liverpool city council spokesman the yorkie team did not inform us they would only give them to men We asked them if they would mind not discriminating and give them to everyone. They refused and we asked them to leave. I really enjoyed the, would they mind not discriminating? So Yorkie did a sampling campaign where they tried to not give them to women. Yeah, so they just refused to give it to women, they only gave it to men. And they're asked to leave by Liverpool City Council. But how do I know this, Faye? (laughs) Because it got reported. How many times do random giveaways get reported? get reported in the, in the mainstream press. Exactly. Very few. And then you have Yorkie brand manager Thomas Vesely, um, or Vesely, apologies, Thomas, uh, quoted saying, it's not for girls as a humorous campaign that is meant to be very tongue-in-cheek and aimed only at men. It's very surprising to us that people would react this way. And in my notes, I just have in bold, is it surprising, Thomas? <laughs> yeah, as if they didn't know what they were doing at all. The campaign also got banned, not the whole campaign, uh, the sampling got banned in Birmingham. Um, and this sort of ends up being quite exaggerated because I've seen a 2003 article that claimed Liverpool and Birmingham banned selling Yorkies in shops, which 
Okay, I wasn't in Liverpool or Birmingham in 2003. I don't think it's true. I think it's very specifically they stopped a specific sampling thing. But I then found another news story about a woman handing out Yorkie bars in Bristol who was attacked by a man um, on the street. So this She was woman, attacked by a man? Yeah. So we have this uh, woman A, she's giving out the chocolate bars. Woman B says, I would like one. Woman A says, no, you know, whatever. It's just for men. Woman B was complaining about the campaign being sexist, asking to speak to a manager. And then a man comes over and he takes a bar for woman B and then he grabs woman A's hand, uh, which was in the box, twists it, Mm. and then apparently slams it, breaking all the chocolate bars. So this story is obviously like outrageous. This is a man attacking a woman. Ruffled a few feathers. Yeah, and this was in BBC News. Wow. But the thing that really odds me out about this article is that it ends with a quote from Christina Chael, who was organising the event. And she says, we've had a call it a day, which is a shame. We have a van load of bars we won't be able to give out in Bristol. Where is people's sense of humour? Mm. And it's like, rather than, you know, the infringement of someone's bodily autonomy being the story, the real story here is, oh, they can't take a joke. Do you see what I mean? It's just quite odd that someone gets attacked and they're like, sense of humour failure. Yeah, they almost it almost reflects positively on the brand again. But it's interesting because they're choosing to take that stance. They could have taken the stance of someone hurt our, you know, a person working for us. That's really bad. Instead, mm. they say, this person can't take a joke. If it was my worker and I was organising the event, I'd be like, this is outrageous because... yeah. You heard they flipped it back and used it for publicity. They used it for publicity, kind of at the expense of like the sort of situation. Um, I believe woman A is fine, though. Uh, in marketing and communications and integrated approach, they say that there were over 150 articles about the campaign and over 40 radio pieces. Frankly, I'm not sure how they measured that. I wouldn't be surprised if it was even more. But we're getting a lot of people talking for free about Yorkie. So, Faye, could you talk to me a bit about how controversy can stretch your advertising budget? Exactly. So, super interesting, and I'm not surprised. Um, So, broadly, controversy is a strategy that a lot of brands can use, often when they have a limited media marketing budget, to get a lot of reach, so to get a lot of eyeballs, a lot of publicity, for cheap. There's this sort of old saying of there's no such bad thing as bad publicity, which I would argue with, but... In this case, I do think it really paid off for Yorkie. So, again, we have this saying in media, which is media is what you pay for and PR is what you pray for. And some brands will deliberately try to punch upwards, to be controversial, to make headlines with varying levels of success. So it's definitely a strategy we see a lot. And it's probably a strategy we see more from challenger brands. So a challenger brand is a smaller brand than, for example, a market leader. Uh, So it's probably a brand with less to lose and a brand with less money because the smaller you are, the lower your marketing budget will be. So in able to punch above your weight, sometimes you just have to be a little crazy. So an example of a challenger brand, perfectly topical this week, is is Aldi, um, a brand which creates a lot of news, punches upwards, is often seen by the public as, as the little guy. So is sometimes in a better, lower risk position to be a bit more be a bit more brash and uh, le- less risk averse. So let's look at some examples of controversy used in marketing campaigns. 
please. So here are some successful ones. So, for example, a few years ago, you'll remember the Iceland Christmas advert, which was, I think, uh, aligned with Greenpeace. It was um, talking about palm oil. And oh, the little cartoon. Yeah, the, the in the in the jungle with the the monkeys. I think so. Uh, an Iceland advert. Um, I think about two Christmases ago, and it hit the headlines uh, in the press all over Twitter that that advert had been banned. Mm. Now, I would think that Iceland probably never seriously intended to air that advert on TV. If you make a very political advert, it's probably unlikely to even get past the first hurdle of getting on TV, going through this body called Clearcast. Equally, I'd argue versus the uh, the Asdas, the Sainsbury's, the Asdas of this world, Iceland is a small supermarket with a really low market share. So would they actually have the media budget to put that advert on TV anyway? So what they probably were doing was creating an advert which intended to get banned, then did this whole sort of faux, how they've banned us, I can't believe it, this is an outrage. can't believe you've done this. And because of digital, like in the old world, so let's say when Yorkie was on air, if the Yorkie advert had been banned, they wouldn't have been able to as easily get all this free free sort of press on Twitter or they wouldn't have been able to like put the advert in front of people they might have got some newspaper headlines but what Iceland were able to do was get people to share that advert for free which probably got them a lot more reach than for example Aldi paying to put Kevin the bloody carrot on TV so Iceland's Christmas controversy strategy very positive big payoff now, sometimes brands will do this as a one-off when they latch onto something that they feel is a good thing to take advantage of. Other brands do it as a complete long-term strategy. So one brand that does this, I think most famously, is Paddy Power. So their long-term strategy is cause controversy, put out very low-cost ads so they don't spend a load of money on TV ads. They'll just make simple print adverts. Like there was one famous one about um, Oscar Pistorius when he when uh, when he was on trial and whether he'd when it, whether he'd get out or not and again they're deliberately making these low cost get put in front of people make a big shitstorm well, like oh whether or not he would get out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, e. i know e. E. um <laughs> but uh, so controversy as a strategy can be very positive and it can be a really smart way to spend a lot less money than your competitors and make a big splash however it can it can backfire, mm-hmm. as we know. So sometimes something can look like it's backfired, but actually probably still grow the brand. So, for example, do you remember all of those Protein World adverts that were on the tube with the Are You Beachbody Ready line? So it's this sort of yeah. robotic woman. Yeah, it's a slender woman in a slender yellow woman. bikini. That was it. With the tagline, Are You Beachbody beach ready? ready? Everywhere. And she just had these eyes like looking at you like, are you? you yeah and of course that led to a lot of people being like how to be beach body ready have a body and get to the beach a, and that kind exactly. of thing and but the protein world lads were like actually did really well for us really grew the brand and a lot of the people who weren't going to buy into that wouldn't have bought into it anyway and i'd say yorkie probably fits somewhat in that camp like they kicked up a lot of noise but we might see as we come to talk about the the aftermath of this campaign actually kind of paid off for them sometimes it pays off sometimes it doesn't but i'd say if you've got a really you know yorkie the likes of yorkie the likes of um paddy power the likes of iceland they'll probably have big 
um, advertising campaign, uh, sorry, yeah, advertising agencies behind them, PR companies, all strategizing what's going to happen to kind of ensure that any, quote, backfire is actually all what they expected and wanted to happen. So, for example, like you were saying, the sampling pieces, they would be like sampling is very expensive to do. But what they were probably trying to do with that sampling is just turn it into a PR stunt. Yeah. So very low cost. Whereas the TV ads, they made a really good TV ad. They put it in front of people everywhere. That's what they'll have spent the most of their money on. But I bet their marketing spend was much lower than some of their competitors at Cadbury's and Mars. Cool. So we talked about the TV ad, uh, the iconic TV ad. We've talked about their various PR stunts and sampling campaigns when they first launched. Like what, how, how did the Not For Girls campaign evolve? Like what did Yorkie do next? Well, there was a advertising feature in FHM, uh, I think it was 2002, and it came with a pull-out page of stickers. The mm. stickers were the Not For Girls logo, you know, the little no-go sign with the woman in it. And yeah. I guess the idea was that readers could pull off a sticker and put it on something that was not for girls. Such oh, for as... fuck's sake, such banter, <laughs> like... The TV oh, remote. Oh, <laughs> the cars. Yeah. All the cars just have that stick. That just sounds like a hate crime. Um, but the advertisement feature <laughs> itself is quite interesting. Um, yeah. The headline was Size Matters. Uh, it goes on to say... <sighs> <laughs> of course it does. If you're talking about huge, chunky chocolate bars and not the rubbishy sex stuff your girlfriend's been reading about in women's magazines. Oh, for fuck's sake. Like, again, this just shows how insecure men are and what appeals to them. Like, don't listen to all of those things about Cosmo saying, maybe you should ask your woman if she's have if she's enjoying the set okay sorry it's not a sex podcast um but yeah jeez <laughs> no saying shh isn't the Yorkie is saying shh to Cosmo I would never oh. silence you say I would never silence it's you. all about size that's it function <laughs> no feelings for fuck's sake women <laughs> sorry uh it also says listen girls that crinkly papery stuff your boss is giving in return for a week's and we've got some quotation marks, work, end quotation marks, is for paying bills, buying essential foodstuffs, bracket, like a nice Yorkie for your boyfriend, get a friend to help you carry it, end bracket, and the purchase of vast amounts of alcohol. Um, (laughs) Lads. Booze. God. And what's what's with the joke about the crinkly paper stuff? Like, women know what money is. That's weird, isn't it's it? funny because 2002 was actually the year that song came out. Money was invented. Uh, well, money was invented. Also, you know that song that's um, girls don't like boys, girls like cars oh. and money. But not Yorkies. <laughs> we won't let them eat certain types of chocolate. Yorkie. Uh, yeah, curse year. Um, there was a complaint made to ASA. ASA. Mm-hmm. Which one is it? The ASA. Oh, the ASA. Um, I'm, I'm a rank amateur phase the corporate healthcare. Um, <laughs> but ASA did not uphold it. Other mm. things Yorkie did in 2003, it got sponsorship of Soccer AM on Sky Sports because of this one thing men love. That's not Yorkie. It's football. And they did a whole bunch of eye dents for that. Um, the eye dents kind of made fun of 
both women and also some men for not being blokey enough for the Yorkie blokes liking. Um, so the idea here, I guess, is that you're sort of continuing to play with this idea of, you know, the blokiness versus girls, but also versus other blokes. Like perhaps this is meant to be sort of a play against, um, I guess, what they would call then like the metrosexual, which is... yeah. Um, men who engage in stuff that's seen as stereotypically feminine, like, I don't know, hygiene, <laughs> like yeah, beauty regimes, or like being interested in fashion or stuff like that. Or um, uh, I mentioned before the adverts in washrooms, but there were also beer mats, 1.5 million beer mats, all with straps on them. Because 1.5 million, like, given there were, what, like 70 million people in the UK, it's not actually that many. Not? Okay. <laughs> I just felt like... But like, I love out. that they've obviously been in some in some advert being like, yeah, 1.5 million beer I think it was in one of my case studies. I just thought it was a really fun number and I wanted to say it many times. Yeah, no, that's million. it. And of course, of course... Who amongst us has not seen the It's Not for Civvies, which is the special edition Yorkie used in Ministry of Defence ration packs. It is macho as heck. So this is super interesting because it's like they're hitting all the stereotypical male arenas like soccer. Army. and, And then, yeah, army. It's a bit like, well, the army also has women in it and I presume it did at that point too yeah Yeah. 2000 like something but um another element of the campaign which we've had referenced before is the pink Yorkie the pink Yorkie yes completely belying the earlier claim that Yorkie was not available in pink it so it is pink it's kind of like got floral sort of imagery on it it says um, let me find the exact quote. There was one on eBay. I cannot imagine how out of date oh, and blank uh, it will be right now. Collector's item. So you got this pink wrapper, the floral imagery. It says, get your lips around this. The word lips oh. is pink and in italics. Uh, confusingly, though, the O is still a no-go sign with a lady in it, except in this version, she's got some bags and I think like a phone. So, I mean, it, it is for us, but it's, it's also kind of not mm. for us. What do you want, Yorkie? Um, but yeah, mm. so I guess the idea there is, um, uh, is the Yorkie a penis in this manifestation that I'm getting my lips around? Bloke, bloke, bloke. I don't know. Faye, you're the expert. It seems... <laughs> in advertising, seems... in advertising. Apologies. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, no, this all... It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because like when I was when we were talking about the advert, like as as someone who, who works in advertising and and can comment on advertising by numbers, objectively, even though it today I don't like yeah. it and it, you know, it offends, yeah, it makes me a bit like as a woman. I can see how the original advert, which focused on kind of some very light, I'd say, jibes at um, about what men are good at, and then. Um, and then also a focus on the lengths that women will go to to get chocolate. I can see how that stands up. But then everything they, I feel like they start to do just seems to descend into like scraping the barrel. And there's this whole thing around if you are relying on controversy as a marketing strategy, you do have to keep 
outdoing yourself, going bigger and bigger. And I feel like they move further away from the original idea, which was, I don't think harmless, but you can see how at the time, how the execution was more harmless to much more shady territory. And again, when we get to this pink Yorkie, that's what makes me go, oh, the most, because it's, it is really, I think this is really icky, like overtly sexual, the get your lips around this girls, it's, that's and and yeah, it's just them going deeper and deeper and getting more and more gross in a way to get more and more hits. And this is what starts to really jar with me about it. Uh, yeah, there's a, a spokesman called Richard Allen. Uh, yeah, Dick Allen. A Yorkie spokesman, of course. Yorkie pink is so big and tasty that girls everywhere will be desperate to get their lips around it. it seems- Has this bloke ever met? <laughs> It seems certain to become the must-have handbag accessory for women. Um, dot dot dot. Taking pride of place next to the lippy and the eyeliner. Uh. Anyway, um, moving on from pink Yorkies, as I would love to do. Yorkie also sponsored an ITV show, The Great British Driving Test, which of course oh. <laughs> uh, Let me guess. to settle the question of um, who are the better drivers, better women. And they show some, you know, not very competent women drivers. And using the strap strap line, like driving, it's not for girls. Uh, And this perhaps echoes another one of the billboards used during the campaign, uh, which had, you know, the Yorkie bar. And it said, save your money for driving lessons. It's not for girls. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, it's never like a really deep offence. Like, the Yorkie campaign is just so, to me, specifically, annoying. (laughs) Everything is like a kid in the back of the classroom throwing a rolled up piece of paper at you. Mm. You're like, it's not wounding. It's just so irritating. Yeah, and I think really good comedy and really good insights are based on truth. And for the most part, there's not a lot of truth in a lot of what Yorkie are going after in terms of what women aren't good at. Like, yeah, in the original advert, again, I think there maybe are a few, like the offside rule and stuff, which are like truths in society. But then it just gets, like I say, more and more desperate. Even with the offside rule, women who are into football will know that. Men who are not into football won't know that. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like you're a trade. Yeah, exactly. No, No, you're quite right, yeah. Like... With this one, women aren't good at driving. I mean, I can't remember the Sheila's Wheels adverts came out, but <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say I believe women are safer drivers. Um, yeah, some other bits and pieces. I was on a chat board, saw someone talk about the ice cool mint Yorkie that was labelled as too cool for girls. Oh, is that like the Arnold Schwarzenegger Mr. Freeze? <laughs> they should have got Arnie involved. <laughs> they should have got Arnie involved. I. And there was, of course, the limited edition Yorkie where the packet said, Blokey, I think this one is kind of lazy. (laughs) Yeah, no, like the others, I see what you mean. The others are like, we're going to try really hard. And what else are women shit at? (laughs) And then it's like, "Mm, bloke, blokey. Why just calling the Yorkie like man? (laughs) A manny. Manny. (laughs) It's like, there's no pun there. There's like several letters removed. Penis. Each block has one is P, one is E, one is N. I'm really going to spell it out for them. Um, 
There's no subtlety. It's just the, it's the subtle things. There's also the Yorkie chunks in a can. I guess the can was meant to look like a bear can. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's men, bear, army. Make it even more manly, because some men might be like, chocolate, women. <laughs> what? you got to put it in packaging, which really reaffirms their masculinity. <laughs> like, yeah, I can hide it in my beer can. Oh, oh, Faye, I feel like we've learned ever so much today. Would you like to recap what we've we explored? Have. So, super interesting. We've learned about the history of Yorkie and how the, the brand was really, really strongly associated with truckers. Um, we've learned about how uh, in the early noughties, Yorkie decided to capitalise on, you know, a masculinity crisis because women were, how dare they, uh, you know, playing a slightly bigger role in society than perhaps they did before. Um, we've learned about how Yorkie and several other brands use controversy as a strategy to punch above their weight. And we've learned that not only did the Not For Girls campaign encompass a... I think quite decent TV ad at its time, but also a lot of much more desperate activations um, throughout the early noughties, which I think just just start, like they're just the pits. So um, what are the questions we are going to be asking in episode two? Oh, just, you know, the biggest questions, Faye. Did this campaign work? Would it work today? And what has become of Kleenex man-size? The tissues we all knew of. Well, I can't wait to get my lips back around my microphone. That's not how you use a microphone, Faye. That's not. That's that's why sound quality is (laughs) so bad. Yeah. Oh, I've been doing it wrong. (laughs) Women can't do podcasts. But yeah, I think it's fair enough. We've been talking about this for some time. We need to give our listeners, you know some moments to digest this milk chocolate brick of a podcast so for now we're saying we're gonna say goodbye to you our listeners our consumers but if you enjoyed this episode tell your friends post it on your social media whatever people do these days you can find us on twitter and instagram Please give us a follow so I am not tweeting into the abyss. So what are the uh, handles? Okay, the handles, I'm glad you asked, are at howtheygetyou on Instagram and at howtheygetyou underscore on Twitter. Check us Thanks out. Thanks for coming on this journey through time and chocolate with us. And uh, we will see you very soon. Bye. Bye.